Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. I am Alex and on this week's podcast I'm joined by Daniel Krupa. Hello. Chris Tilly. Hello pod people. And a new addition for this week is Steve Butts. Hello everyone. Who are you? Well, you just told everybody. I'm yeah, Steve no, Butts. But, but like, why are you just a random off the street? Why, why are you here? What no, is I'm, Steve Butts? I'm a very purposeful <laughs> off the street. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm editor-in-chief of uh, IGN US. Ooh. Uh, so I handle games content over there. And I'm over here for the big international hoo-ha that we're doing. Uh, which we've had over the last couple of days. It's been very fun. Can you explain to our listeners what a big international hoo-ha is? <laughs> yeah. it, it sounds a lot more grand and exciting than it probably really is, right? Uh, yeah, it's really a bunch of uh, presentations and meetings where people have to sit and pretend to listen to what you and I have to say over That's the course true. of a few yeah. hours. People from all over the globe, though. Yes. We're ignoring you. Yeah, so a, a lot of people may not realize, yeah, as opposed on, to just the people Twitter. that we know yeah. ignoring us. <laughs> Uh, IGN has a lot of uh, local franchisees around the uh, the world, so we have offices in like the Starbucks. Middle East, and yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah, it's a lot like Starbucks <laughs> except for video game reviews. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're in the Middle East, we're in Benelux, we're in it's Southeast Asia, yeah, exactly, an American geography. Come on, let's do <laughs> Please, this. Please, no, not even close. <laughs> South uh, Africa. Yep. South Africa. We Russia. have we have Russia. We have Germany. We have Italy. We have Spain. We have several others. So you can look at, like, just yeah. look at the globe, Nordics. and there's some of them on there. Nordics. The Nordics, yeah. The IGN header. Australia. Yeah. Australia. No, Australia, Australia doesn't <laughs> count, because they're, they're part of the owned and operated. Okay. And also, they Budget. didn't bother to turn up. Well, one of them showed up. Who? He doesn't work for the Australian office. Oh, well, never mind. Nobody from the Australian the IGN office. There's an Australian podcast. guy. What's wrong with them, then? Why weren't they Is here? That? Yeah. Yeah. I think no he works in the Far team. East. Okay, nobody from IGN AU is here. Anyway, it's just, I think we're getting <laughs> off bogged down. Here. We're getting bogged down. Yeah. This is a lot like the US podcast. Um, but yeah, we sit around and we talk about our uh, uh, plans for coordination of content and overall vision, the commercial side of the business in 2014. So and the and, uh, basic plan is to write more in different languages. Yeah, exactly. Okay. There you go, exactly. perfect. This is your second trip to London? Well, certainly for IGN, right? This is my second time at this international summit, but I've been to London a few other times besides. And what has this trip to London taught you? That it's still dreary. Oh, and yeah. still the weather That's here. Nice, yeah. isn't it? The, weather here, the weather here is still crap. Um, well, you should do the I uh, have, conference I, in a different month. I have That's spent probably. a lot of time this trip uh, familiarizing myself with your fantastic uh, catalog of game shows from the 1980s. I've watched <laughs> yes. uh, Blockbusters. I watched Golden Balls. <laughs> and I watched this morning Bullseye, which was amazing. Wow, Bullseye. Bullseye was so good. The, we, we need to steal, the fashion we, in Bullseye is, is amazing. We steal it's kind so, of hipster fashion now, I would say. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. very retro yeah. chic now. Back then, <laughs> it looks atrocious. Yeah. Uh, we steal so many of your game shows. I don't know why we haven't gone after Bullseye. Bullseye yeah. It's you basically a combination trivia contest and dart throwing championship. I like to be in the room when they pitch that. So <laughs> I knew my boss really liked darts, but I want to get this quiz show off the ground. Right. <laughs> and oh. I've got these. I've got this fleet of caravans I need to get rid of. <laughs> uh, it's so not good. <laughs> it's like crazy. Like, um, um, where are you from, Birmingham? You want a speedboat? Yeah. The nearest sea is 250 miles away. I've never seen the water. (laughs) Thank you. I will sell it. How about, uh, how's the food and the drink been? Uh, It's been excellent. It's been really good, but we were lampooned a little bit because one of our other US colleagues had quiche for breakfast, which is apparently not a thing. Yeah, we went out last night and and young Tal had quiche for breakfast on a hangover, which is a very strange choice. Well, quiche for breakfast, period. Hangover or not seems to be sort of ridiculous to you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get that. In the States, quiche for breakfast is totally inbounds. It's, it's definitely not a breakfast dish. All things are off 
like all bets are off in America for breakfast, though. I find is that right? Yeah, yeah, like breakfast. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. you guys have chocolate for breakfast. You're... I actually had a nice chocolate for breakfast today. Yeah, <laughs> and a sausage roll. Is a sausage roll okay? Uh, kind of. Yeah. I, I believe it is. Okay. But, yeah. Again, some we're, people straying into picnic territory. <laughs> so, so but, but I would say a, very much a, a sausage roll is kind of on the dirtier side. So that's that's yeah. allowed. Dirty's yeah. good. It was yeah. very clean. It was a very nice place. Um, really. So, at what time does the quiche become legal exactly. for you guys? Um, I think at least lunchtime. I would say it's like pub opening hours, right? 11 yeah. o'clock, you can start eating quiche. Yep. Yeah. Okay, the quiche hour. But yeah. not but inside. Wait, and, what? And only at picnics. And, uh, <laughs> only, only, only on a... This is why I have a hard time over here. There's that, and there's the fact that everywhere there's a little step up or down, everywhere you go. <laughs> really? In and out of every room, there's a little tiny step up or down. It's been we throwing me off that. all Are your week. joints that bad? <laughs> yes. Between that and the rain and the fact that you won't let me have quiche in the morning, I'm, ready, like to make I'm, not, coming back. I'm not coming back at all. Should we, should we talk about games? Let's move on to the news, shall we? <laughs> so, Absolutely. Good news if you are a PlayStation 4 owner, because apparently Last of Us is coming to PlayStation 4. More this is uh, according to Serkan Sulan, who is a Turkish speaker. Oh no, a Turkish speaker. <laughs> a Turkish speaker translated this. He actually works for Sony. Learnings there. So he actually works for Sony. He's PlayStation's Eurasian. What does that? What does that include? Europe and Asia. Europe and Asia. Okay. It's in 1984, I think. Something I don't feel like I should stand for any cultural chauvinism from you guys <laughs> from this point forward. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. What is Europe? But he works for Sony, and he said that it's coming. So it's pretty. Oh. That's got to be a guarantee, right? Right. Yeah. So but it's going to be the crazy guy in the Eurasian office who just tells the shit. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I've never heard of a Eurasian office before. So mm. maybe it's just made up. I don't know. Anyway, it's going to include all of the DLC. Love so it. Left Behind and all mm. the other kind of stuff. And uh, in quotes, enhanced graphics. Yeah, because they're a bit shabby, aren't they? they yeah, it wasn't very good on PS3. <laughs> oh, I actually didn't mind. I was joking. Oh, I see. Uh, <laughs> I, it's that dry British yeah, yeah, yeah. wit. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> that sometimes gets us in trouble. What you, you wrote a really sarcastic tweet once with someone took... That thought you were actually telling me. To be fair, yeah. most of your tweets are quite sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Irony doesn't time. work on no. Twitter. No, right. not at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of take everything at face value. Um, but surely, and I, I might be wrong here. A lot of people who've got PS4s <clears throat> probably got PS3s. That's, what, that's, that's, my, that's exactly what I was going to say. Who's going to be PS3, buying it? You should uh, definitely have Last of Us. Yeah. So I think it's a nice thing, but I don't think it's enough to keep us going until the next big thing on PlayStation 4, whenever that's going to be. I assume it makes good business sense to do. Yeah. Like, you've got the game, probably doesn't require that much work to... But I, I guess it depends what the difference is in terms of visuals, because I think a game like Grand Theft Auto Five on next-gen, you probably can see a difference, a step up, mm -hmm. whereas this looked pretty goddamn good mm -hmm. on, on PS3 already, yeah. so... You're not, you're, not, you're not playing that game thinking, oh, I wish the visuals were better. Not Because well, I would play GTA Five again to see what the world looks like, because it's vast and expansive, whereas I can't see myself playing this game just to see what the, the differences yeah. are like. Yeah, I mean, it's a very linear experience, right? I yeah. don't feel like you play it again and get something different out of it than you yeah. got the first time around, yeah. as you would with, say, something like The Walking Dead or GTA, where it's a little more open. Absolutely. Did you play Left Behind? I did, yeah. What did you think? I loved it. It's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I think I either want to see a new a new one. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I know they have announced a sequel, but at the same time, I just feel a bit like, that's done. Leave yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Move on. We've we got doing the movie adaptation. That's a direct adaptation of the game. Yeah. I think that's mm -hmm. absolutely pointless. And we've got Seth Rogen <laughs> coming in the office soon. Should we get him to play the first scene <laughs> on PS4? Yeah. That's what we always going to get him to do. Deja vu, but slightly better graphics. Exactly. <laughs> so Wait, Seth Rogen has better graphics than the game? <laughs> but, well, that's it. Actually, maybe the movie is this PS4 version. It's the same as the other one, but slightly better graphics. It's, it's yeah. real. 
Whoa. Who does who does Daniel Kruper look like? Kesem McDonald. Kesem McDonald. Because Dan, Dan Dan met a beautiful movie star this week who told him he looked like someone we all think he looks like, which is Jeremy Renner, aka Hawkeye. Oh yeah, I get this quite a bit from people in the office, and mm. I always don't believe them. And then when I sat down to interview Scarlett Hansen, she said to Chris Evans, sat beside her because they were paired, and she went, "It's like Renner." Are they only viewing you through like a very small window that isolates maybe one particular? A lot part? of my dominant features. Yeah, exactly. But what I like he was is wearing a mask at the time. <laughs> right. What I like All is they what they could did, see was his hair. What did Chris Evans say in response? Um, yeah, I, I don't think we can use it in a video. But Chris, um, she goes, "Oh yeah, it looks a bit like Renner, doesn't he?" And she goes, "I said, oh, that's funny. People work say that." And she goes, "Well, he's a very attractive man." And Chris Evans just goes, "I'd fuck him." <laughs> <laughs> wow that's America wow <laughs> there you go I'm sure there's fan fiction written about that already like, sure yeah Hawkeye just taking it from everybody yeah the Hulk like, but you, you spoke to all the Captain America people I did indeed yeah they and, we, were, and they said lots yeah they were I, I always get really worried about doing junkets like they're quite a nerve wracking experience because you've got four or five minutes quite pressurised loads of PR in the room everyone's looking at you and you're always worried that they're going to be a bit mean to you that's <laughs> But yeah. that's, that's my worry for life in general. Everyone's just going to be a little bit mean to me. Um, but they're all really nice, as particularly the directors. Um, I've always seen the movie. It's really, really good. Mm-hmm. And they come... Like, their, their CV isn't... It's pretty good recently. They direct Community in the States, the TV show. Um, they also did You, Me and Dupree. Mm-hmm. Not, not so good. Not so good. <laughs> not so good. Um, but in person, speaking to them, they were very, very smart, very intelligent, really knew their comic book history. And they were talking about um, the future of kind of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because you get to this point where they're making, they're tying people down to like nine film contracts. And you're going to approach this point where you're going to have to recast or do the thing that nobody ever does in comics is actually kill off a character and don't bring them back. Mm. So they spoke about the problem of recasting. And the director, Joe Russo, told me that he thinks that Marvel could learn a lot from the Bond franchise mm-hmm. and how the recasting Bond becomes interesting in its own right and seeing somebody else do a different interpretation. And it almost ushers in a new era for the series, kind of reinvigorates it. And that's what he thinks Marvel should do. Which is a bit like, and I, I don't know if it's true or not, but the, the whole Indiana Jones thing that came out this, uh, was it yesterday or this yeah, week? Yeah, it was yesterday. Um, and I don't know if it's confirmed, but yeah, I, I think that's a smart move. I don't really want to see another Indiana Jones movie with Harrison Ford because the last one was great. I'd rather yeah, to, see a reboot. Well, with to say what the news else. was, that they were talking about recasting yeah. Indiana Jones yeah. and Bradley Cooper was the front runner. And I've got absolutely no problem with that. As long as it's the right person, obviously. You mean as long you don't as want to see, it's not Shia LaBeouf. You mean so. you don't want to see Avengers 14 in 2035 <laughs> with this cast? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, I think with something like Indiana Jones, I mean, the wardrobe is more important than the actor. And I yeah, know you and I disagree yeah. about this, yeah. but yeah. I feel like just from... That character is so iconic, but what makes him iconic is just his visual representation. He's yeah. got a whip and a hat, and you don't need any more. Well, you silhouette. Yeah, you see the silhouette, and you know who it is. And it could be Tom Selleck or Chris Tilly for all I care. No, agreed. I mean, like I said, I can't imagine the Indiana Jones movie, so that's mm. you without Harrison Ford, but I probably would have said the same about James Bond and Sean Connery 40 years ago. Yeah. And yet now, I'm... Totally that would game. have been quite a conversation for you and I to have forty years ago. <laughs> but I think I would have felt the same way if I'd right. been around then, and and, and yeah. now I've you know I feel totally different. So I guess I think it's harder with the Marvel films though because they have this big shared cinematic universe. If there's one character and you're recasting them, I think it's easier for the audience to go along with that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like that film's done, new period, new director, new treatment, new tone. Marvel's all about continuity. That's one of the reasons they're so successful is every time they release a film, they're kind of expanding the audience and the interest in the next set of characters. 
if you start recasting some of the really important key roles, I don't know whether it well, becomes a little bit messy. Like the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They've already done it. Yeah, but it worked out better for them. It did. Yeah. In it that did. case, I think. Yeah. It did. And there's no, there's no reason why it couldn't, they couldn't get a better Iron Man. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but it feels like the, the ones they've got now have kind of worked out for them. They've got lucky. People have really embraced them. There's not one that people are going, like, he's really the yeah. thing. Sure, but yeah. the the precedent has been set for that in the comic book world itself, yeah. right? Like, how many different Iron Men have there been? Yeah. Like, a bunch of yeah. people have worn that suit. Same thing with Captain America. Same thing with Thor. Like, a lot of other uh, figures within the Marvel comic book continuity have taken on the roles yeah. of these other characters. So I feel like it could be even in keeping with what the franchise is all about. About. Yeah, that was a really good observation. I, I'm really bringing it. I'm really bringing it. Oh my gosh, I was nervous. <laughs> but we liked the film, didn't we? We're going to talk about it properly yes. on the superhero uh, yeah, show. I don't want to spoil it like just yet for people. I'll spoil it later. So yeah. Next week, tune in. <laughs> and the superhero show, though, we're going to talk about yeah. it at length on the superhero show. There are some brilliant Easter eggs in it. Like really good mm. Easter eggs. And it changes the, everything. The one, yeah, the one, <clears throat> the one at the end was directed by Joss Whedon. Oh, nice. Mm. So they have a different director for the Easter eggs. Yeah, it's the director wow. from the movie who it's from. Wow, that's crazy. There you go. It's pretty good. Probably the biggest news this week is that uh, Facebook bought Oculus Rift, right, Steve? Yeah, that's You right. just stolen Steve's thunder. What? <laughs> <laughs> so what's the big news? Uh, what's the story <laughs> than that? Uh, yeah, they paid $2 billion for crazy. Oculus Rift. Yeah. What's that, like a pound 50 or something? Like it's that? about that. Yeah, it's about the cost of vacation in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, most of it in Facebook stock, obviously, but yep. quite a bit of cash as well. Um, and... I'm actually really encouraged by this. A lot of, uh, a lot lot of negativity. There's a lot of negativity yeah. on the internet. Um, As always. Really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, for me, the, this uh, vision of cyberspace from things like Neuromancer and, and, and uh, other sort of uh, sci-fi um, properties. Cyber, cyber yeah, like it's, it's, all, it's all been about having a physical space in yeah. which there's real interactivity and real sort of social networking. Um, and I feel like Oculus Rift can totally bring that to Facebook. And Facebook has the scale, I think, that I've seen in those movies and read about in those books that I feel like cyberspace needs to have in order for it to be a real viable option for us. Um, the people who are upset are predictably, you know, the... Notch. Yeah, the general internet community. Not Notch is obviously one of yep. the bigger ones yep. uh, because he donated something like ten grand to this, and now feels somewhat duped that um, he was led into this false uh, proposition where he's giving uh, Oculus Rift development money and then turning around and saying, "Wait a minute, have you used that money now to make yourself a more viable acquisition target for yep. a larger yep. company?" Yep. And then not allowed me to recoup uh, some return on the investment I made in you. Um, and obviously, a lot of Kickstarters who are in at the one and two hundred dollar level also feel the same yeah, way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel what like. What do you think it's going to be used for under Facebook? Mm. I can't see the integration being within Facebook. So I think uh, I think what we're seeing is an opportunity for Facebook to extend social networking into the physical space. Yeah. Uh, for you to have some sort of wearable tech on you at all times that allows them then not just to track data that you. Um, that you input on the computer screen, but it also knows where you're going and what you're looking at in the store and what you're buying and yep. how you feel when you see certain things, right? Like imagine it has some sort of biofeedback monitor included as well, yeah. and it knows now, here's how Daniel's responding when he sees this ad or when he walks past this kiosk in a store mm, or sees sure. this billboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is minority report stuff. Yeah, his, when you walk past his heart rate goes up. The advertisements change depending on the person. Yeah, yeah the and I see that being the, 
Facebook's not going to put $2 billion into this without some clear expectation that it's going to make that money back. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Oculus Rift guys have said they're not going to make it back on the hardware sales. In fact, the Facebook acquisition is going to allow them to sell the hardware uh, for a lower price. So I'm 100% certain that Facebook is going to turn towards advertising and delivering data to marketers uh, based on our interactions with this device. Yeah, That makes me a little nervous. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if there's really any way to avoid it, right? If yeah. you want, if you yeah. want what it offers, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's indoor mapping or you know, you walk down a street and can instantly see user reviews of all the stores and shops and restaurants around. Yeah. Um, that's the trade-off that I think Facebook is going to require you to make. Yeah. So in five years' time, you're going to be walking down the street with one of these massive helmets on, banging into <laughs> things. But you can, you know, that you'll be able to get cheap <coughs> chips in that place or something. Yeah. In London, uh, there's little steps everywhere. There. <laughs> there's little steps <laughs> up and down everywhere. Maybe you could train that your Oculus Rift to. Pick out the steps so you don't fall over. Oh my gosh, that'd be a great idea. <laughs> yeah, um, like open source platform. Use it for anything. I don't know that it'll be a big thing in five years, right? I mean, uh, the the end game. Surely in five years, the it'll end, still be big. The end game for this though is something integrated yeah. into your body, sure. right? I mean, and that may be ten or Contact twenty years down the road. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah, some sort of. Not something that's external, not a wristwatch, mm-hmm. not a pair of glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Raf Koster, has, who uh, was a design director on Ultima Online and Star Wars Galaxies, has a really great post uh, up about this on his blog where he talks about uh, the value of presence in the social space. You know, it's, it's why people log on to World of Warcraft, not necessarily play the game, but so they have a physical presence alongside the physical presences of all their friends. They're right. an avatar next to other mm-hmm. avatars. Uh, it's why he says people still go to rock concerts. People don't buy albums, but they go see shows, right? Because there's a physical, yeah. yeah, there's a physical connection yeah. to what's going on around you. Experience. And the integration of Oculus Rift with uh, the scale of Facebook's social, uh, social network, uh, he says, uh, makes perfect sense, and I tend to agree with him. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. It is, yeah. yeah. We should get, uh, how do users get in touch if they want to let, let us know what they think? Is it IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot yeah. I think that's what it is. I'm really glad that they changed the email addresses to make them catch you. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, of I, course. Will, I will say one thing with this. Sony just announced the, the new Morpheus yeah. headset yes, at GDC, right? Month, yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering what this will do for Sony's presence in the market now, yeah. right? That people who are suspicious about Facebook may now lift Sony's. Is this like an arms race now? Could be, yeah. And yeah. Microsoft's Each not in yet, but they're surely coming. Well, that's yeah. They came out uh, earlier this week. Mm-hmm. No, it was just after Morpheus saying we're working on VR too. <laughs> so, of course you are. Right? Yes. Uh, next piece of feedback is that so uh, Wolfenstein Panzerhund edition was announced this week, but it's the first collector's edition where you don't actually get the game. It costs hundred dollars. You get a little model of a Panzerhund. Whatever that is. It's like a metal dog. It's like a robot <laughs> a, dog yeah, in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nazis <laughs> use them. But you don't get an actual copy of the game. So you've got to go buy the game. It's not a collector's edition. Mm. It's, it's a little robot dog you're buying. It's tat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And a steel book. You get all that kind of stuff. Right. It's, just, it's the most... It's the, the craziest thing I've ever heard. So, there's a th- ever. so there, there is a steel book in the box that you can eventually put the game in that you buy separately. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it. You even get the disc case to put the game in. But you don't get the game. Mm. Which just seems ridiculous. But I no. guess they're not forcing anyone to buy it. Yeah, but who's going to buy that who also doesn't want the game? They must, they must, yeah, agree. <laughs> I mean, I'll yeah, not buy this game, but little robot dog. <laughs> little Nazi robot dog. I, I just, 
That's all I wanted this that, year. Uh, that was probably the first rejected name for this product. This little Nazi robot dog. And that's like, rapper, you know what? That's my rapper name. <laughs> that, was, that was the subtitle. For the there game. may be some markets where that's not going to go <laughs> over so well. Going, hi, um, got an idea. <laughs> Bullseye. <laughs> but I just I can't imagine, as you say, people are going to buy it. They want the game, mm, no right. matter what. You want the game. Right? Yeah, you've got the studio must think people will buy it, or else oh, they would put it out. This. Bethesda, we have a history of this. We we did um, a couple of years ago. We did a Dishonored event at um, the Barbican, and it was a week before the game came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Bethesda gave us loads of goodie bags to put out for all the IGN readers who came down. And one of the things in the bag was a steel book with no game in it. And I said to Kilby, I was like. We can't give people the steel. Uh, everybody book, thought, thought we were giving out a free copy of the game. And, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure enough, everyone thought it was a copy of the game. Yeah. But no, it's a place for you to eventually put your copy of the game that you buy with your money. You so, don't think that maybe Bethesda did this reasoning that including the actual game in there would make the product less attractive to people? Like, yeah. like I'd buy it, but oof, it's got the game in it. I don't know. <laughs> but also, yeah, it's a hundred dollars. Yeah, I don't want the game for that price. <laughs> right. no, that's, no, that's a actually, bargain. It actually <laughs> says, oh no, it says, um, and it ships with a bug-free version of the game. Um, is the um is, is the Panzerhund uh, an important character? Uh, I don't uh, know. No, I think it, I think it's uh, just a rank and file it's a, it's love baddie. Interest. That's it. <laughs> That's what it looks like. That little robo dog. Ah, oh, you can check it out. It's quite cute. Yeah. yeah, it's one of the things that mauls you to death frequently <laughs> throughout the game. I think cute is probably the wrong term. Let's stick that picture in the news story. I think so people can have a look. Okay. Yeah, you, bring, you should bring your laptop <laughs> in here so you can do real up, real time updates while we're doing this. And on that bombshell, I've got some film news. I'm going to double up if that's all right. Oh. I'm only supposed to do one film story, but I've got what? two. It's right. kind of awkward for him to ask us this now. What are we going to say? On the spot. I feel like they're semi-connected because one's Terminator and one's Alien. Oh, yeah, those are the same thing. <laughs> worth talking about. Yeah. Uh, so Schwarzenegger's been talking about this new Terminator movie they're doing called Terminator Genesis and how his character, the T-800, can be in the movie really old when he wasn't old. <laughs> In, Wait, do robots get old like that? Well, Arnold has an answer. Uh, the way that the character is written, Arnie uh-huh. says, I won't do the accent. Oh, God. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a machine underneath. It's this metal skeleton, but above that is human flesh. And the Terminator's flesh ages just like any other human being's flesh. What? Maybe not as fast, but it definitely ages. Now, is, that's what I would call retrofitting the mythology. Yeah. That's what I would call an extreme rationalization. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. That's terrible. That's ridiculous. So, I, I'm not up on my uh, Terminator law, but is it actually? I love that. That's a thing. Is it human flesh on top of the skeleton? I think it is in the original. Yeah. Okay. Because in the original, there's that bit where he like cuts away at his face, and it's quite it's quite bloody. Like, but he does bleed. Yeah, he's got to yeah. sort of take his eyes. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. Um, but there's also going to be a younger version of him in the movie as well, right. because the they did that Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf going to play him. <laughs> We can, but hope. We did that with yep. CG. And so I do like when he said, uh, when he was talking about Conan, he said, hey, I want to do sort of an Unforgiven style take on this character. Yeah, I thought yeah. that makes much more sense yeah. than this Terminator thing. I don't even understand what he's talking no, about there. But that said, I feel like the Terminator doesn't work without him. Sure. Because, you know, yeah. we talk about these special effects blockbusters, but with Terminator, he's the special effect. Mm. Yeah. Was you there know, was an idea a while ago, maybe it was Rumor for Salvation, that Schwarzenegger was going to play the inventor of the T-800 and then he modelled it on himself or right. was having some mm-hmm. kind of like Frankenstein but I don't, it sounds like well if they were going to do anyway. well it would be this yeah, one because it's yeah. called Genesis but we've not heard that and no Phil Collins in sight <laughs> God's sake um, and 
the sequel no one wants Prometheus 2 is happening <laughs> yeah. is it yep uh, they've, they've signed up the Green Lantern screenwriter <laughs> oh, wow. wow please tell me they didn't advertise it that way you know, you know, they're like hey I, I, we, have I, I, we got good news yeah. for you good news guys Prometheus 2 and also wait for it the Green Lantern guy you know what who really doesn't want Prometheus 2 Michael Fassbender he's a head in a bag now that's yeah. like no <laughs> Because oh. Prometheus 2 will feature, is rumoured to feature multiple fastbenders. Wow. <laughs> multiple fastbenders. What is What's happening? the collective noun for a, a troop of fastbenders? And this is a quote. It's a card. I, this is a quote. I really, I really like this quote. Uh, the, the screenwriter is called um, Michael Green. And the quote we've got is, the sequel that Green will write aims to be much more alien-y. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's on Nailed it. Nailed it. They've got the right guy, haven't they? Because, um... Green Lantern was terrifying. <laughs> it had a lot of aliens. I was yeah. afraid. I can imagine that note. I like it so far. <laughs> I feel it could be a little more alien-y. That's a film that really didn't bother about fitting in with the continuity. Like, right. the technology, like, massively futuristic. <laughs> Ridley, I assume you've seen the first one you made. <laughs> I've got no problem with this, though. I, I didn't like Prometheus. I've spoke about it a lot on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but I, they've ruined it already, so I don't really care now. I'll happily watch it. Yeah. It's already... Yeah. Yeah, ruined, ruined everything for me. <laughs> it's like Highlander 3. Who cares? Right? They ruined Alien for right. me, which I'm. St- I'll take that to the grave. Wow. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> Such positivity on this week's episode of the podcast, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Is it always like this? <laughs> what's, the, what's the suicide rate among your listeners? <laughs> really high. Really, Maybe really high. Maybe we should do a poll. Orlando, <laughs> Martin. <laughs> they're all gone. Yeah, they're all dead. Anyway. So earlier this week, Daniel, you saw the new Batman game from yes. Rocksteady. Arkham Knight. Yeah. Ooh. So that's very exciting. Yeah, it was shown at GDC behind closed doors. Greg and Mitch also saw it. Mm-hmm. They um, did a video on the site called Why We Love Arkham Knight. And it's definitely more exciting than Arkham Origins. <laughs> that's, that's a high bar to, that's a high bar to clear. <laughs> but that's the thing. Going into it, before, when we got the invite to go see the game, I just wasn't excited. It, it surprised me how little excitement I had for the next Rocksteady Batman game. Uh-huh. And it's because of Origins, I think, because having that game last mm. year just obviously just tempered a little bit. It gave you a kind of Origins, the Arkham fix, whatever that is. Um, but going to see it in action, it was pretty impressive. Right. It wasn't optimized. You know, the frame rate was a bit like juddery, but the Still, scope and the ambition of what, what you can do. Out, right. so. Yeah, and the big kind of centerpiece for the entire game is the Batmobile. Yeah. That's the big thing. They thought... Arkham Asylum, they focused on detection. Arkham City, a bit more exploration. Be, the, the site, um, that, that's the game that made you into the Cape Crusader. This one is about providing you with the Batmobile and giving you the full Gotham City to explore. Yeah. And when you call in the Batmobile, it really reminded me of Titanfall. Because mm-hmm. it, it's the same game, but it kind of changes the way that you perceive and interact with the world. Right. And so when you, like, f- say you're gliding through the sky, you can go into a nosedive and you can press one button the Batmobile will come and find you. You can see it coming in the distance from wherever you parked it. That's crazy. It comes to find you, and you can just land straight into it and That's then cool. drive off seamlessly. So you weren't actually playing it. You were watching a controlled demo, demo yeah. of it. Yeah. So. Surely I will land 10 or 20 feet ahead of the Batmobile. Just as <laughs> on a regular basis. <laughs> you must find keys. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but they're really impressive. It's much more in my... I prefer Asylum to City. I Same always here. have. 
Um, what do you I say? know in the US a lot of people prefer City. Yeah, I uh, I liked I liked Asylum better. I thought yeah. Asylum was a I better experience yeah. overall. I like the backtracking. I what, the- so where I felt City beat Asylum was uh, Batman to me has always been an urban character, mm-hmm. and that one essential yeah. element of of who he's supposed to be was missing from Asylum. Mm. Aside from that, I enjoyed the game. Yeah, Asylum so I think all than City. my most yeah. memorable parts of City for me again were in, were interior stuff. It was getting mm-hmm. to a place, going in, and having whether it's the the freeze moment. The Mr. Freeze yeah, battle, yeah, 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 yeah. Mad stuff. Those are the most, and then I kind of just like dotted around the city. I didn't really explore the city. Yeah. This feels like a proper Gotham city. But, so, but sorry, I don't think city encouraged you to explore the city. It was all there, was, but yeah. I don't think I actually ever went down on the ground at all. Yeah, because there was no need to. Yeah. Whereas obviously you now got the Batmobile gives you a reason to go. It down gives you another perspective on the city. I yeah. think that's important about the Batmobile. Like yeah. normally you will stick to rooftops. Yeah. But that gives you a reason to explore it from a street level, and it's obviously made the street level design much more interesting and vibrant and detailed. Yeah. So you mentioned Mr. Freeze, which is one of yeah. my favorite moments, but I also really like the scarecrow sequences, which yes. were super psychedelic and reality bending. I understand he's a lot he more part of this game. Yeah. I was going to say, well, yeah, what do we know about the storyline? Yeah. Well, it's weird. The, the game is called Arkham Knight, and it's weird that. But with Arkham, a K. Yeah. Did you get that? With a K. <laughs> they do that. <laughs> Batman loved doing that. Smart. Um, and he. It's not nothing to do with Arkham. Arkham's been destroyed in the previous yeah. games. The way that they spoilers. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> the way that Joker died. Oh. We're gonna have to talk about this. This is integral. If you've not played Arkham City, it came out three years ago. So, what are you waiting for? If you don't want um, the game spoiled, uh, rewind about twenty seconds yeah, and then think, just skip that part. Spend your memory. <laughs> um, so. Because of that event, right. I don't know why I'm skirting around it now, I've already said it. Um, there's, been a, there's been a power vacuum created in Gotham City. Right. And it also ushered in a period of kind of stability. Things got better. Right. But um, Batman's kind of been preparing for the worst. And then one night, Halloween night, um, Scarecrow returns and issues a, issues a kind of WMD-style attack on Gotham City. Everyone panics, they evacuate the city. Uh, and Gotham is kind of left to the scum to yep. take it over. And Batman's got one night to stop stuff from so happening. it's kind of it's rinse, the same kind of it's format yeah. mm. it's one night kind of scene before. Yeah. Yeah. Which but is at least great. there's not little steps up and down but the self-contained nature of <clears throat> the first <clears throat> excuse me <laughs> the first game I think that's great having it over one night yeah yeah, that's I, part of the charm. And of obviously, thematically appropriate being Halloween and having the Scarecrow as the kind of the main antagonist mm-hmm. but obviously there's also the secondary character called Arkham Knight and that's how <clears> they've managed <throat> to keep the Arkham name going I don't know yep. And we don't Obviously know it's brand recognition. That's probably why it's going it to get a little more convoluted yeah. as it goes yeah. on. Yeah, um, we don't know who this character is. No. Apparently, it's an entirely original character developed by Rocksteady and DC together. Um, the one thing that like we Batman. were talking about is that because what was the phrase he uses? He he, he calls he, at the end of the demo, Batman is leaving Falcone Shipyard and. Arkham Knight appears from nowhere um, puts a beating on him and while yeah. Batman's on the ground he's, he calls him old man yeah. and he says this ends tonight yeah and you were mentioning that the suit has a hint of kind of Azrael from the Nightfall series yeah. as well so oh, I think that's what that's it might the rumor. be obviously what, what Rocksteady have done really really well is take existing characters and put their own spin on them yeah, like and I wonder if that's what they've done here particularly. yeah, so, yeah um, so they said that the game will be much more kind of where City was about unleashing chaos because it was the Joker Mm-hmm. Um, as much the Joker's game, this film, um, this game is more psychological. That's why they've chosen Scarecrow. So hopefully, more of those kind of sequences, because I still think those are the high point of yeah. the Arkham series. Those moments where you're yep. walking along and you suddenly turn into little Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So do you think it's going to be? So do you think it's going to be scary? 
I think so, yeah. Mm. And they also chose Halloween because they can obviously play with all the bat iconography yeah. right. and pumpkin and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And they're probably targeting, what, a summer release for it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, what, what about the gameplay? Because I know uh, Origins mm. introduced uh, a counter system for the uh, opponents that you were fighting, but I also felt like this Batman seems way overpowered. It doesn't make sense with the context of the story they're trying to build. What's the what's the combat seems like in the new pretty one? pretty overpowered again. Really? Um, I wouldn't expect this game in any way to take any cues from Origins. Really? Okay. Speaking to the guys from Rocksteady, um, they wouldn't really talk about Origins. That's a good sign. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Uh, <laughs> when they were rapping on City, they were already planning this. They went straight into it. They've not even looked at Origins, really. I'm sure they've played it or seen it. And they say it's a very solid prequel. I think that's the term that they were saying in interviews. Yeah. Solid. There's no higher praise than that. Yeah. <laughs> the word that you say when you don't want to say anything. Right. Else. I use it in reviews all the time. That basically just means this is a thing that exists. This is, this is, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's out there. You can yeah. play it if you want. Um, so, and when they're talking about the game, they're referring to it as a trilogy. This yeah. is the final part of their Even trilogy. Though it's the fourth game yeah. in the Arkham. This is the trilogy. So, the trilogy. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> well, so <laughs> oh, the combat system. Yeah. It looks yeah. exactly like he. I do think he is super powered. Like right. the the thing that kind of always put you on the back foot in the Arkham games was when you encountered any guy that had a machine gun. Right. You had to think about it differently. Whereas at the end of the demo, you break into a room and there's three guys with um, assault rifles. Right. And if you time it right, you can chain your attacks and it's something called a fear takedown. Yeah. And again, it's just like your superpower. You can take them all out with one button press. Mm -hmm. But presumably, you've got to, you've got to earn that as well. Yeah, you know, know, you're not going to get that at I the wasn't beginning. very clear on what the mechanic was for that. I think it might have been something like a mark and execute style right. kind of thing. Right. But... I'm assuming it's going to be the same as the Batman games is that you start off with a limited number of moves, limited um, number of gadgets. not going to be all unlocked at the beginning. I think you've got a lot of stuff, the, um, right. the guy from Rocksteady, but obviously I think the big thing you're going to upgrade in this game is the Batmobile. So even right. while you might probably have all your gadgets, or the vast majority, the Batmobile is going to have its own character tree. They're treating the Batmobile as a character, not a kind of gadget. And I think at some point it's going Just to turn into a... In. Hello, gonna, Batman. It's going to turn into a boat. Yeah, I think so. There are waterways in Gotham City. There's a lot Everywhere. of water around Gotham City. Spoiler alert. And there's, there's one point where he's driving through something that looks like a canal that could be flooded. I'm just putting that out there. there nice. So I do have one concern with this, and it's the same thing I saw happen to the Assassin's Creed games, where each time they release a new version, uh, they feel like they have to add more and more toys and more and more yeah, gameplay systems. And eventually it, be, it, it becomes a burden, right? I'm yeah. no longer engaging with the three or four things that this game used to be about. Well, now I have to keep track of seven or eight things. And I, I right. suddenly become a little confused. I, I agree. Like, I personally, I'd be really pleased if they came out and started name-checking Asylum more and yeah. say you're going to have this, like use the word Metroidvania, because I think that's what Asylum did brilliantly it in did. 3D yep. space yep. Mm -hmm. kind of like a Zelda game something like that backtracking going back each time you had to backtrack the environment was different whether mm -hmm. Poison Ivy took over a certain area it was different yep. it mm -hmm. rewarded you to revisit it and mm -hmm. um, with this the Batmobile does feel a little bit like that and the Riddler's yeah. challenges do feel a little bit contrived there's one bit where you pull into a garage the Batmobile goes down into some caverns and the Riddler's constructed a race course for you to drive around and beat him that sounds pretty. I said, is, I think that's the only crappy. thing that was a little bit contrived, uh, like super contrived. Like, how has he built this for? But obviously, but, but why? How, why how many giant vats of acid could you have bought with the yeah. same money and time it yeah. took you to construct just, this racetrack? And just lower him down into that. Yeah. You're done. But yeah. Batman Kart Racing is not what I signed up. But you for. can, yeah, you can like drive on up on walls and on the ceiling, so it and goes get like red shells and stuff. Forever. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. We'll wait and see. But I don't but the thing is, I would probably never do those challenges. Yeah. And that's the beauty of that kind of game yeah. is that you, mm-hmm. you don't have to. And it's next gen only. But do you <gasps> think... Yeah, yeah. So did it look like a, a noticeable step forward compared to what we've uh, seen before? I don't know. It's, it was on a huge cinema screen, which I think, again, gives you a, not right. the ideal impression of it. Um, it wasn't optimised, but... I think how seamless it was. That was the, the experience. The, the camera would glide from street level to the very top of a building. Gameplay starts. You swoop down. You go to Gotham City PD. You walk up onto the roof. Jim Gordon turns around. That's your right. sequence. <coughs> you go yep. straight into the Batmobile, go into an e- interior. Yep. No loading screens. That's seamless. That's where it's really impressive, I think. So is this the, the Batman game that we've been waiting for? Or the Batman, is it the Batman game we need or the Batman game we deserve? <laughs> what he said sounded better than American accent. Yeah, well, I do Always it does. again. Although Batman's English. Um, so is Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> little what? joke there. <laughs> on that bombshell. <laughs> uh, let's move on to listener feedback. Chris, you've got the first piece I of feedback. I certainly do. It's from Matt Douse, who says, uh, hey, guys. Uh, I know you've spoken about this on the podcast before, but I wanted to have a little vent about game pricing in the UK. Infamous Second Son costs £52.99 to buy um, new in-game, which is the equivalent of $85. Why do companies think that it's okay to charge this much over here? I can remember when new games cost £30 during the PS2 era. I know what production costs are increase. I know that production costs are increasing, but so are sales, and the UK seems to pay far more than other countries. Why? But not as much as some other countries who should add. Like, no. Australia really get ripped off. Um, how much is Infamous in the US? Uh, I think 60. Right. But the other thing, so part of this international conference we were talking about earlier, they displayed the price of um, Infamous up on the screen in euros, and it was something crazy in Denmark, like 79 euros. Oh, wow. Which is a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but... I don't, actually, I don't remember Can most PS2 games you? being £30. I thought they were like 35 I 40 growing up like, and like being a kid, like N64 games were prohibitively expensive. Like On import? Was it? I just remember, maybe that's why my mum, I didn't have a lot of money. Street Fighter 2 on SNES <laughs> was 120 quid. That's a lot of money. What? I know. Um, Street I th- Fighter 2 though. <coughs> it's worth it. Yeah. You have a good job. Well, I, I, to be fair, I was working back then. I didn't pay for it, so... Yeah, to be fair, you're not working right now. No, no, exactly. <laughs> but I didn't have to buy it out of my own money. Right. It was for work. I see. But are we getting ripped off? Um, so I don't actually think... Yes, it does cost a lot more to make video games than it used to 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't actually think they're making that much more money out of them, if I'm honest. But Do you? I, no, I agree with you. I think in terms of unit sales... But there's a lot of games that are relatively inexpensive and yeah. that are very good and easy to acquire on Steam They're games that like are that. practically or, nothing on yeah, the or, App Store. Or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, free to play. There's a variety of different models. Like, <coughs> I think those kind of big budget releases are always going to be charged at a premium in stores. I, I do think breaking that £50 mark is, is too much. You know, I, I'm not sure I would But what if you don't get a copy of the game? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you do is get a copy okay of the game with it. That's okay. You don't just get an empty box with a with a beanie hat. A Panzerhund. <laughs> yes. It's like saying that word. So, um, but uh, how much Titanfall was the similar price? It's just it's the mm. cost of next generation. It'll come down. Yeah. Over the next six months, a year or something, when everything else is phased out. But well, it's also I mean it's being set at a price that people are obviously willing to pay. Yeah. Like if people weren't buying the games mm-hmm. at those prices, then they would 
they would drop them yeah. or they would just not serve the markets, right? Yeah. So I think it's um supply and demand. Exactly. It's yeah, what's it's called called this thing goes like this and then mm. right in the middle there. It's, it's a podcast. Is, so people can't, black. can't see that. But okay, I, I crossed my arms like an X. Okay, just, like a typical X like, whatever. <laughs> like the X factor. Like yeah, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> Simon Cow. Uh, so I think that's answered your question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> You're up next, Steve. Uh, yeah, I've got one. You gave me the longest one. Thanks for that. Uh, listening to you podcast last week with regards to Metal Gear Solid Ground Zero, it's getting some stick from a lot of reviewers about the story playtime being so short. But I, for one, think short games are great. I would rather have a short story which I can play and see the end of and enjoy it all and then have uh, good extra side content multiplayer to bulk it out if I feel I want to spend more time with the game world. This is because I don't have four hours a day to play games. I'm lucky to get four hours a week due to working, etc. So it can take me over a month sometimes to complete a game. Uh, this is from Rob. He says, uh, also, P.S., listen to the AU podcast the other day. Uh, don't you think Cam sounds just like Kermit the Frog? So how, what, uh, do, what order do we want to take these questions well, in? Start, does Cam sound like Kermit the Frog? Yeah, I, I can totally see that. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, All right, well done. First question so, answered. Yeah, uh, no, I, I agree with him about game length. I, I yeah. think um, I'm more likely to uh, want to play a game if I know I have a reasonable expectation of finishing it. Yeah. This is my problem with, um, as much as I love them, games like Skyrim or Red Dead Redemption or yeah. GTA V, mm. um, they're fantastic, but you get to a point where... Um, maybe you get distracted, you go away for a week, some other yeah, responsibilities yeah. come up, and you come back and it's it's hard to get back yeah, into yeah. the game world, it's hard yeah. to remember what everything is yeah. and where you are in, in terms of the missions. Um, uh, I remember this came up uh, for me originally with a game like uh, Max Payne, which was just a few yeah. hours, and, and people thought it's a ripoff, and I thought, no, like I'm actually more likely yeah. to go back and replay mm -hmm. that game than I would be a game that I love just as much, like No One Lives Forever, which is... 20 hours long yeah yeah it makes it it makes it less intimidating and more manageable doesn't it yeah see i had the same problem with uh, borderlands 2 which i was really really enjoying right. but that came out uh, i think it was um uh, beginning of september or something just mm -hmm. before a whole splurge of big games came yeah. out and i yeah. made the mistake of starting something else and <laughs> right. never went back yeah. to it yeah and, and you now loved it, but you stayed. i loved it absolutely yeah. loved it and I, I i pumped a lot of hours into it as well because right. uh, borderlands is the kind of game that the more you put in the more you get back out yeah. but I'm now at a point where I literally wouldn't know what I was doing if I went back in. So I probably won't go back in, which is a shame. And I remember when I was, you know, when I was in high school, I could play a lot mm, of yeah. games. Like yeah. I had a lot of time to do it. But I think as the gaming uh, audience grows up a little bit, gets a little older, yeah. they have other demands on their time, and suddenly, you know, they've got well, kids or yep. you know yep. other other sort of obligations, and it makes it difficult for them to sit down on a weekend but and spend was, 15 hours playing. Wasn't a game. it just Pac-Man and Pong when you were at high school? Weren't those the only two games yeah. out? Yeah, well, there was Stick and Hoop. Okay. We played a lot of Stick and Hoop when I was in high school. Um, Bowling Cup. But no, I mean, I played a lot of time-consuming games, games like Civilization, where it was like you could lose a whole week. Uh, Sid Meier's Pirates was the same way. Just yeah. play that game nonstop for hours and hours on yeah. end. And now if I do that, um, the authorities come and take my children. <laughs> yep. Actually, your piece of feedback is along a, a similar lines. Yeah, it's a similar point. Um, this is from Matt Evans. Our old um, intern, ah. Matt Alan, uh, who we bullied. Um, I, he said, um, <laughs> we did. Change his Twitter background. Um, I'm not, <laughs> he says, I'm not going to spend this email pre preaching about Dark Souls 2. Good. Because they're like evangelists. Is that the end uh, of the email? Good. There you go. Thanks, <laughs> and he goes, right, um, <laughs> he took the Friday and Monday off work so he could get a four-day weekend. He put 30 hours into the game and completed it. I don't believe you've completed Dark Souls 2 in 30 hours. That's ridiculous. I bet you can. I bet you can, but that's... 
for a first playthrough. That's really impressive. Yeah. Um, he wants to know if we ever taken time off work for a game we really care about. Easy. Yeah, absolutely. I was fired from a job once because I called in sick to work and then was seen at a party later that evening. Uh, and it was just to play Civilization. I was having a really good game. I was about to get awesome. nuclear missiles and it was on and I called in sick. And then went to a party and saw a coworker there and I said, heads up, by the way, I called in sick today, so you just don't say anything tomorrow. And he said, don't worry about it. And I walked in and my manager said, hey, we need to talk. And I got the <laughs> bullshit like, I'm not mad that you took time off. I'm mad that you lied about it. Oh and I was God. like, oh, no, that's so passive aggressive, yeah, right? Yeah. What, were you, uh, what was your job at the time? I was working at a deli. Right. Yeah, I was a cashier at a deli. Yeah. Because otherwise, if you're doing the job you're currently doing, that's probably quite acceptable, right? Oh, yeah. Is that why you got into doing oh, what you're yeah, now doing? Yeah, and I are actually... That, <laughs> making a note of that. He said that on, yeah. on camera and on audio. Yeah, <laughs> I'm taking off. Daniel out today. We're going to go see Captain America. Yeah, so he, he mentioned that to yeah. me. <laughs> off the screening. Woo. Um, but yeah, I, that, I was fired from that job. And I got fired from another job uh, because I quit and didn't tell anybody. Uh, but that wasn't game related. That was just because I hated. <laughs> I, I was a, I was a you... I was a door to door salesperson <laughs> for a uh, water purifier company. And they were, <laughs> You've had some amazing jobs. <laughs> yeah, these things cost. Uh, they, they, it was a whole house unit. And it was like five or ten thousand dollars to buy the thing. And no, no, there's nobody's going to buy this from somebody showing up at their door. Yeah. Um, and so one day I just decided I'm not going to work anymore. Yeah. And uh, they showed up at my house like three weeks later, saying. Uh, you're fired. We we need to collect your demonstration kit. I was like, I don't even know where it is. I'm, you're welcome to come in and look it, for it. It took them three weeks to figure out that you've <laughs> yeah. actually done anything. <laughs> well, wow. to be fair, I wasn't very effective while I was there, so right, it wasn't okay. that hard. To, wasn't that hard to notice. Uh, didn't Luke take a bunch of days off to play a game a while ago? Holiday. Mm. He took holidays to play a game that he loved. A lot of people. I think he was yeah uh, around the launch of PS4 and stuff like that. Diablo as well. I think yeah. Luke took some time. Diablo, yeah, yeah. Um, You've done it, haven't you? I'm sure. Did you take time off for GTA? Well, it wasn't. I, I was freelance at the time. And to be honest, I just didn't do any work for three months. I just played GTA <laughs> and watched 24 solidly. <laughs> when my life. when you, your missus came home, just like open the laptop. Yeah. It, well, it, was, it, it, it was literally that. Yeah. I'd, I'd be there going, see you later, darling. So she walked out the door, PS2 on, played San Andreas. And then like six o'clock, shit, put some clothes on. Ready, right? <laughs> Woo! I've been busy. Eat something. So why is your hair still wet? Did you just take a shower? <laughs> I've not stopped working. Right. That's the only time I could fit in. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, well, not technically. I couldn't be fired because I just didn't take any work on it. <laughs> just like after three months, I thought, yeah, best probably do some freelance now. I haven't really earned anything. So, Do you think outside of, of this circle and sort of the audience for this, that there would be much acceptance in a mainstream workplace for somebody saying, look, I'm going to take a few personal days off to play Dark Souls? I think a lot of people do yeah. do that. Yeah. We, yeah. we certainly hear that. Yeah, yeah. it was interesting. I was speaking to a film PR the other day about, um, I think, Spider-Man. I said, I said, oh, I'll, I'll speak yeah. to you about this tomorrow. And he was like, oh, I'm, I'm taking tomorrow off. I was like, oh, um, going anywhere nice? Because I know him quite well. And he went, oh, I'm just playing Dark Souls 2. I was like, oh, I didn't even know that you that were. That makes me in, so happy. I didn't yeah. know you were into Dark Souls. He's like, yeah, I'm massively into Dark Souls. Yeah. This yeah. is cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. Obviously, it's not every game, but uh, yeah, I think you see it quite a lot. There Especially people when, like midnight launches, when right. people go to the midnight launch and then just sit down and play it mm. and finish it. That's, think, that's, the, that's the other bit that I don't really see. Like Dark Souls 2, I've been waiting for it for two years. 
and then speed running it, doing it as fast as possible. It's like, well, do you not want to kind of sit back and enjoy it a little mm, bit more? Yeah. And Savor the experience. Yeah, but because yeah. we're immersed in like game culture all the time, when you find those kind of, what you call kind of just everyday moment where somebody like cites a game, particularly surprising was on the tube once, and there's two kind of middle-aged guys, and they were talking about lycanthropy in Skyrim. And they're on a they're on a DLR back from the city, right? And it's like, just never thought. There you mm. go. It's cool. There you go. Uh, last piece of feedback is from Max Fuller. Uh, now you should listen to this, Steve, because oh. he says, <laughs> I'll, "I'll do that to this one." Your but podcast you asked. is great. Talking about our podcast uh -huh. and all the content that your office produces, the UK office <laughs> for the site is the best on IGN. I'm I, not making this up. He I feel like I'm being that. ambushed <laughs> by this <laughs> question. He this is a setup. This. I didn't make this up. This is, who so is, is that it? That's just the first part okay, of the okay. I just want to let that sink in and let you savor that. Thank, anyway. you, thank you for thank, your letter, anyway. Mother Simmons. We appreciate <laughs> you writing <laughs> in. Uh, anyway, he says, Don Bradman Cricket 14 is coming out next week. Oh, now I don't give a shit. What are we doing? Um, your, <laughs> your Aussie colleagues have done a preview of the game, and it looks very good. Anyway, he was wondering, actually says he was wandering down the streets. Anyway, uh, could you guys play the Ashes against your Aussie workmates? He thinks it would be hilarious. And you could play it over five short games. Yeah, that would, that would do huge traffic in the US. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now, cricket is Everyone obviously a big thing, but you just but use a different I, th I think, I, I think yeah. me and Chris could take Kermit. <laughs> yeah? Well, being the, big, being the big cricket fan in the office, I would be more than up for that. I think that's a really good idea. Me and you I mean, I had to explain who Don Bradman was to you the other day, didn't yeah. I? Uh, well, I still the, don't really know who he great, is. The greatest sportsman in of history. Any sp of any sport. Of any sport in history, mm, I would possibly. say. Wow. He's that much better than everyone else. At his sport, <laughs> but it probably makes him the best. Are you sure the best. he wasn't just yeah. playing at a time when it wasn't that no one serious? Else was yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Before, no. people, before the cricketers were juicing, he just had a huge bat. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, HGH like steroid troubles in, in, in cricket? cricket. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a big steroid <laughs> sport. It's one of those sports, one of those brilliant rare sports where you can be a smoker and still be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you dart, can, like darts or bowling. You can darts eat a pie an during the game right. and still and still function. Darts and a pie. It's actually beer is performance enhancing in darts. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's mm -hmm. what Phil the power tail. Um, well, I don't know anything about cricket. I don't suppose you need to know anything about. It's cricket. a game, isn't it? Like, I'm just really good at games. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big gamer, but I know lots about cricket. So we could we make a good you combo. You can do strategy. You can yeah. pick a team. I think Perfect. it's a really good idea. You could though. be the manager. Yeah. Should we do it? But you have to hug your players. It'll you be our first. To... It'll no, be I just, our first. I want to hit a ball really hard. That's all I want. To, I don't want to catch or anything like that. It'll be our first ever IGN video that gets zero views. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. For that no, reason alone, no, it's worth yeah. doing. You know that it's not our first. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could do. Um, we could start with this and then do a World Cup, Cup tournament in the summer. Yeah. Are you, in, you guys US. in the World Cup? Uh, yeah. We pretend to be when okay. the Americans are in the running. But... Do you care about soccer? No, I don't like soccer. Uh. I'm not a big sports person. That's like I, saying you don't like life. It's not like that at all. <laughs> there's, lot. there's lots of other things in my life. I have a, football is I have life. a family. I have video games. Football's better I than read. children. I draw. <laughs> I take cool long too. walks. What do you draw? On your, uh, on your city with lots of little steps up and down. But we, we, we're in the midst of our international summit. We should talk about the World Cup and yeah. get everyone involved in this. Here's the thing: it's like we showed up and we thought it'd be all about games, but no. Like, there's the crisis in Crimea and there's a Malaysian flight. It's we, a, a very politically awesome time yeah. To, yeah. to be in a sort of like, United Nations you, of gaming. Yeah, we started going. Should we do the website? Oh, actually, we could sort out all this other shit. <laughs> this is on those guys. <laughs> so, what, are we doing it or not? I can't even remember. Uh, we'll probably get around to it. Yes, go. I'm saying yes. I think we should. Do. So, talking about, about games. Yeah. 
Talking about games that are coming out this week, well, actually, there aren't that many. Um, if you've got a Vita or a PS3, Invisimals, the next version of Invisimals is out. I don't think that's a word. Uh, well, it's made up by Sony. Okay. Um, it's basically uh, a, a augmented reality pet game. So I see. It's one for the kids. Yeah. Better on Vita, because obviously the Vita has the camera built in. There's a TV show as well, is there? Uh, I believe it's so, all yeah. all sorts, yeah. Yeah, yeah, You can yeah. take a picture. It came out, uh, the, the earliest version of this came out a long, long time ago. I think you can pause the TV show when there's a character on screen and then take a picture of it using your Vita and then that character appears in the game. Right. What? What? <laughs> Sell it to Facebook for $2 billion. Mine. But I don't think it's fair to say it's not really our kind of bag here on IGN. Sure. Uh, you, don't, you don't like to take care of things. We know that. No. Okay. Well, I, I struggle with myself, let alone anybody else. So. <laughs> um, also out, Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, which you know a little bit about, um, Cooper, right? Yeah, but like I've, uh, I previewed it a little bit. Um, I think each series lose some, loses something in the mashup. So right. certain systems, certain things you like about each series is kind of lost in the mix. But the writing's charming and brilliant and funny. See, the draw for me would be Professor Layton. I don't care as much about Phoenix, right? Uh, so. Yeah, but that's so just buy a Professor Layton game, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't need the mashup. Yeah. But we gave it a 7.8 on IGN. Uh, better uh, movies coming out this week, though. Yeah, two, two reasonably big movies, uh, Captain America and Muppets. And for is, once, that, is that the first movie? Because that movie sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they both lose something in the mashup. Sure. <laughs> the writing's great. Um, and for once, I've actually seen both movies. Okay, let's no, start with the Muppets. Start with now, the Muppets. I loved the, the reboot of the Muppets yeah. what, two mm-hmm. years ago, three years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This as good or not? Not quite as good, right. I would say. It's and more I'm a like huge a Muppets fan. There's something about it that's not right. I mean, it's funny. Uh, the story's okay. The songs are good. There's some really good cameos in this one, but something about it doesn't hold together. There was a warmth to that for, to, to that reboot. Yeah, that's not quite there in this one. There's a self-awareness in the reboot that yeah. the Muppets aren't a big deal anymore, and the movie was about making them a big deal. Yeah. Whereas this just seems like they've gone straight into a script that could have been around 15, 20 years ago, really. Well, it's like the great Muppet caper, right? Like yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's suddenly it's not about them existing as, as performers, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're trying to make yeah. it. It's they've sort of, almost yeah. gone back into what they've always done. Which yeah. Yeah. T- Tina Fey's great. Ricky yeah. Gervais gets some good laughs, mm-hmm. and there's a couple of great cameos in the prison in the Gulag. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really really play to kids. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're for <laughs> us. Two tough guys. That... It's not Jasper Carrot, is it? Um I can we gave it an eight out of ten though, and would you like to hear the verdict from IGN? Go on then. Muppets Most Wanted is a fun, joyful film that once more reminds us why the Muppets are so wonderful. The human stars are clearly having a blast, and with great jokes and incredibly catchy songs, Kermit and the gang again show why they're such enduringly lovable characters. That's too long for a tweet. <laughs> uh, is that the tweet thing that you can click on the bottom of the page? That's no, too long. That's the too verdict. Long. That's it's the verdict. So yeah, it's good, but yeah. to be honest, you don't need to see this one on the big screen. I don't think. Okay. And then Captain America and the Muppets, <laughs> the Muppets <laughs> and the Winter Soldier, uh, Croups. Why don't you take it away with that one? Um, we were talking about the other night that Captain America isn't perhaps the most interesting character in the Marvel. To universe. you, to you, to, to me. Uh, no, but he's the guy who wants to be a hero and then he became a hero so it all kind of worked out for him apart from everyone else dying that's the American uh, dream right? that's the American dream but what they've done is they've put him in the kind of a conspiracy thriller the kind of Robert Redford movies in the 1970s mm. uh, Three Days of the Condor Parallax View all those kind of movies so he's in a more interesting situation mm. and in a situation where everyone is deceitful and untrustworthy 
he's like the moral center that you can hold on to. And, and equally, and he also he's a superhero in it. Like the stuff he does in the movies, incredible. Like it's not like he he's an Olympic level athlete. They make him more superheroic. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree with Dan. I, I think I think he's a bit of a bland character. So what they've done is they've made the movie a three hander. It's Black Widow, Nick Fury, and him. Yeah. It really is all three characters. It's really on, and so, it's an and, and they're more interesting people. Mm-hmm. I so wasn't so keen on the Falcon. No, but, I guess yeah. He's kind. Of, he's not in it that much, really, is he? He's kind of introduced, yeah, midway through and gets a couple of couple of scenes. See, for me, there are all potential in something like Captain America. It's the same thing with Superman, right? Like, even though the powers are sort of uh, problematic, mm. it's the intersection of of sort of the idealism with the world that he inhabits. Re- yeah, that I think uh, has real potential for drama for that character. It wasn't no, obviously, but, but a, equally with 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 uh, Superman, he gets yeah. the Clark Kent. Persona, whereas right. Captain America doesn't get to do that. Where right. yeah. a superhero doesn't need a Clark Kent makes Superman more interesting, yeah. whereas Captain America can only be this goody two shoes. Well, and that's what I liked about the first half of the original Captain America movie is sort of like him kind of struggling to come to terms with what he believed about mm. the world and the world he was actually in. And then the second half of the movie got rid and of that, all of that. That's a big part yeah. of this film yeah. as well, and, isn't and it? Obviously, there's a lot of stuff that's happened, a lot of topical stuff in the news with America, Edward Snowden, all that kind of stuff. They are filtering into this movie in a big way touching on it all the time yeah and also it's a really good plot and stuff that ha- it's, it doesn't feel like an incidental movie before mm-hmm. the avengers it feels like stuff that happens in this movie is gonna have major ramifications for every other marvel movie yeah we can't so like, we, you need to see it we can't talk stuff happen, yeah we but, can't talk about this here yeah. we're, we're gonna do the superhero show spoiler cast on it all but but i think what we can say is it's a huge game changer mm-hmm. for the universe yeah. wow everything will have to change now and some great easter eggs so, yeah. Some good Easter eggs. So yeah, we've given that a it's nine like out of ten. Like so, so yeah, do you want to go see it with me? Daniel and I are going after this podcast. Uh, well, I think we're actually we've got some work to do. Oh well, okay. We'll, we'll tell you all about it. <laughs> I have, not <an> come. <laughs> okay. But um, well, I'm totally going to see it again. I only saw it last week, so that's a good sign. Yeah. So if you're going to do one thing this weekend, mm. go see Captain America. Agreed. Yeah. What and if you're going to do things? And if you play one thing this weekend, I'd still be playing Ground Zeroes. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, that's it for this week's podcast, pretty much. Thank you, Steve, Thank for coming. You. You're yeah. welcome. I'll see you next year. Well, you might not be come back on the podcast. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's been nice, but not that okay. nice. I and, understand and what, I may have overshadowed you. Watch out, watch out for those little steps. Yeah, it's crazy. Everywhere you go. And you have to push buttons to get out of doors here. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with your country. Just in the office. It's, it's not every door. It's a lot of doors. Okay. I don't know how to respond to that. Or, or end the podcast. I'm not asking just you to. I'm just expressing it. an opinion. Why That's don't fine. we press a button to finish this podcast? Sounds good. I haven't got a button. <laughs> I have. <laughs> <laughs>